Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have returning guest Jess Griffo is with me over Zoom. Hey. Hi, Jess. So let's start with a romance report with, okay, because there are some couples that have been popping up and I haven't podcasted in months. I was full-time teaching and then got sick. I can't walk right now, blah, blah, blah. But now um, (laughs) I'm getting back into comedy and I'll be able to podcast more. So here I am, but I really wanted to talk about certain couples that I'm into. And I know I've texted you about some, and it's okay if you totally don't care, Jess, but <laughs> it's the romance report. Okay. You know, I, I like a good celeb <laughs> romance distraction sometimes. I can't say I keep up with it or that I know much of anything. So I do rely on you for this news. <laughs> And, you know, I, I've kind of stopped talking about Twin Flames so much, especially with all the crazy documentaries out there. about Oh, oh my God. It and went very, very far with it in like a cult-like way. So I'm not going to say Twin Flame Report. It's the Romance Report. And I'm into, okay, so this is this is not a new one. But like I said, I haven't podcasted. Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift. Once again, this is not news exactly, but (laughs) I'm into it. I like it. I like that the football and like pop star world kind of collides. How do you feel if you feel anything for it, (laughs) Jess? Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is not something like I've, I've seen some of the, you know, social media posts of like Taylor and her Jersey at the game and all that, all that jazz. I think it's sweet. Um, I think it's, it's just amazing to me from like the outside, like how obsessed people get, like, I mean, (laughs) you tell me from your perspective, like how, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not obsessed with it. I like the energy of the two of them together and they're just a sexy, hot, fun couple. And and I do like when clips of them come up on TikTok, it does entertain me. But I think people get obsessed with those things because life is just really hard, right? So if you see this like mega romance and both have these lives of luxury, very tough luxury they work their asses off but I think it's like that fairy tale to get swept up in I mean some people get swept up in the other negative way where they're just trolling random celebrities on the internet you know so people can fixate in different ways I think fixating on that relationship is one of probably (laughs) the least harmful obsessions out there but I just think yeah, I think people are searching for a deep love. And then even if they have it, I guess if you see it popping up on your TikTok or your Instagram or in the news, you're like, oh, but then some people are like, I guess they don't like it at all, which I think is funny too, to like mm-hmm. hate couples coming together. Another couple I love, which you know, because I texted you and you didn't have too much feeling one way or the other, but Nelly and Ashanti, being together is definitely my like 90s baby I I was born in the 80s but you know 90s is like when I think they were dating last and I don't know they just seem so happy being reunited and it's like I think my adoration from back then gets reignited like I wasn't actively thinking about Ashanti or Nelly every day but then seeing them come together I'm like no I like I love their energy and I'm happy that they seem happy so I've been into that one and then this one's also like time like but I I watched a bit of the sex in the city revival and Aiden came back and I was very happy to see (laughs) I did I did have a soft spot for Aiden as well 
And yeah, I have to say, I do, I do like those revival romance stories, you know, it's really sweet when, when, uh, when people from like way back in the past too decide to give it another go and yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all I'll say on the romance report, <laughs> but I just felt like I wanted to say some things that have been making my heart happy when I scroll on TikTok. And then it's funny when I see on TikTok videos of politicians being like, we must ban TikTok. And I'm sure, you know, it's for security and all that stuff, but I'm like, this is where I get a lot of my news. I'm into TikTok. Yeah. I'm into it too. I, I have been for a while and I know every social media platform has its pluses and minuses. And overall, there's a lot of issues in general with social media. But I think overall, TikTok has like, to me, it has like the most authentic user base. Like there's, I mean, it's changed, like, just like anything when it starts blowing up and growing, you have people on there, like doing these formulaic things, maybe or whatever. But I think it really, especially in the earlier days, it was like this. Uh, it was a space where you really could just be yourself and whatever weird and wild creativity you had and you would find your people on there and it just i don't know to me it's always felt a little bit more down to earth and quirky and accessible than like the polished instagramming or you know and instagram just like with the reels it's just literally copying tiktok and like just it just yeah. annoys me. I'm like, I, I haven't even, I kind of, I'm like partially boycotting Instagram at the moment because I'm like, I mean, I haven't posted on TikTok either, to be honest. I've kind of been disappearing in general from social media. It's one of those seasons that I'm just yeah. leaning into as other things in my life are taking up more attention, but yeah, I hear you. I, I want to start making more TikToks, but I don't want to force them, you know? So, because when, when you force one, I think it just, people can feel the cheesy, the forced cheesiness. So I'll see, I'll see what comes through if and when, but yeah, TikTok's fun. You can be quirky on there. Um, okay. Next topic. This My topics, as you know, are usually very random. Okay. Um, so there's this charged lemonade at Panera have you heard of this no there's been like one or two deaths what like this yeah there's, Charged this with crazy, there's like a crazy caffeinated lemonade and then I guess some people it didn't go with their health conditions or they took too much but some people completely want it removed and I was just thinking about you know, when the government steps in in general for foods, because I think they step in sometimes with McDonald's, like certain sizes you can't get anymore or like, I don't know, but, but I, I don't know how I feel about it, but I don't know if they need to like rip it out of Panera or maybe they do. I, I don't know when the government decides because there's so much unhealthy <laughs> food out there and energy oh. drinks. So it's like, I don't know. I guess, I guess Panera, people don't think of getting like crazy lemonade, but that's what <laughs> it is. It's charged lemonade. I don't know. I guess you didn't hear about this. I did not hear about this. That's crazy. I mean, I think the thing with our government is that whatever makes money for them is going to be what they go for. So like, they don't really give a shit about our health. It's more of like the lawsuits maybe or something. I don't know. Um, right, right, which right. reminds me of like the total contrast. Did you watch that? Um, the blue zones series on Netflix? No. Okay. So it's like, I think it's a four part series. It's called blue zones. I forget the subtitle, but this guy basically goes to like the blue zones are the areas in the world where people are living the longest. And so he goes and visits these. They're usually like, like, I think there's an Island in Greece, um, Singapore is one of them like there's these different places and he goes and he like interviews the locals and talks to them about like what they eat what they do what their philosophies are to kind of get to like what are you know what are the things that keep humans healthy and alive for a long time and I loved the Singapore episode so much and the way that like it's such a progressive and I'm sure I don't I'm not an expert on Singapore so no one quote me on this but like and I'm sure there's things that have its faults there too but like they're 
like when people were, I forget if they were getting diabetes or like there was like an upsurge in something, right? Where their like unhealthiness was starting, the government put practices into place that required like it, it, they made like a global change in, in all of their food vendors that required people to list out certain things or to like not even serve other things. Like it was, again, I'm going to totally botch this up because my memory isn't great right now, but just watch it. It's like very cool to see how a government actually cares about its people mm. and what a difference that can make for everyone. Cause like we're yeah. humans when left to our own devices, like of course, we're going to like want to indulge in the charged lemonade or the whatever, you know, whatever thing it is. And like, that's cool sometimes. But if there's like, there's more support around like just the systems and the structures that we have with food, like maybe it would help. We are definitely lacking a positive community, you know, globally. Um, people are in such, yeah, like you said, a lot of people just want to escape their lives for a little bit get like a charged lemonade, get a huge thing of fries with a ton of oil because, it, you know, it makes our body feel good in that moment, you know, whether it's good for you in the long run or not, you know, but yeah, I think, I think we obviously have a lack of community and we just don't know another way of being yet. But I think there are some people our age and younger and some older but I know like we're still working on changing that and, and building a community in some way without it becoming a cult. Cause a lot of times the people now who try to build communities, they can get oddly religious or, you know, I'm thinking about like Scientology in particular, just cause I saw some funny TikToks of a guy who stands outside of one of the buildings and like yells at people if they're going in. It's, it's ridiculous. Like it's not necessarily something I would do with my life, but I do kind of appreciate <laughs> that person but um yeah, yeah I just think I think we need a more caring community so and, and just to be informed like I'm still learning about a healthy diet just on my own you know but um okay so the next topic switching it up is did you see that there was a flasher at Disney World on the it's a small world ride did you see no. that <laughs> that's awful is it awful like whose mind like I understand having shadow thoughts and you know but like to have the thought go through like I want to get naked on it's a small world in Disney I mean the person probably isn't that's sick yeah because there are kids there it's like you're just a, a maniac but yeah that happened and I don't have much else to say other than gross yeah that's that's really gross that dude better have been on some crazy drugs to be able to I hope you know what I mean like you can't really explain that other than I think being on crazy drugs. okay so you remember Millie Vanilli <laughs> I do so have you seen that the guy Fab Morvan, the other one from Millie Vanilli actually is no longer with us, but Fab Morvan's kind of having a comeback because I guess there's a documentary out and it turns out that they actually could sing, but they were from another country and they had accents. Yes. This piece of news I did here. Yeah. <laughs> me trying to explain it. I'm just, I feel <laughs> never educated enough. So I love when, when, you know, what I'm talking about. Yes. So turns out they could sing. It's just that the managers and the producers who signed them wanted, I guess, to put out the songs right away and already had the vocalists picked out. So they were kind of, in a sense, bullied into going along with it. I think Fab Morvan, who can sing, and now he sings the Millie Vanilli songs like at his own concerts. But mm. yeah, he's he's just been speaking out. And I think he still takes responsibility. But I mean, I can see how something like that could happen from someone who's not even from our country, just suddenly you're an overnight success, kind of not knowing how to tell the truth at that point, you know, mm. what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting too, because I think like back then the news outlets were a lot different. Like people didn't have their own social media platform to speak out from. So I feel like, right, like, I don't know. I mean, I agree. I've never been famous back then or now, so I don't know. But like, I feel like, especially if like you're, you're at the level, like, it's like, 
you almost you're under the uh you're under the voice of whoever your managers are and the you know the pr people and like you you like you know what i mean like there's a certain level of like your own voice gets filtered and so you're yeah. just like all right um whereas i think today there's like so much more that people you know people have their own platforms literally whether you're famous or not <laughs> to, to speak your mind and and tell the truth or whatever it is so I, I don't know like i feel like it also was just like a different era and um you know yeah and i like i always love a story of forgiveness resurrection energy and when he tells the story um it's heartbreaking you know, and I'm like a jerk for getting the other Millie Vanilli member who is no longer with us. So that's horrible that I should Google that real quick. But um, he didn't make it through the lows, you know? So I think it's yeah nice to see that Fab did and is having a second shot at life. Cause I, yeah, I don't think it's fair. I think their voices really did get snuffed out. And I understand too, like you're saying, how are you going to really compete against a big production company? I don't even know if the production company was big yet or not, but I feel like once it got speed, especially if you're from another country, I just think you'd be really scared to speak up once you've been like caught and the world loves, or at least then I think we're shifting a bit. The world loves a scapegoat. You know, they love the rise and the fall. It yeah. happened with Brittany, but now people are rooting for Brittany, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. just feel totally. like- Back then it was so, and I think I was caught up in that, you know, probably, I'm sure when I was a kid and I heard, I was like, oh my God, you know, like we don't think to know the full story or at least we didn't. And I think now when I hear a story, I always wonder all of the sides and all of the perspectives. I'm looking up Millie Vanilli right now so I can shout out the, the other guy, um, Rob, Rob Pilatus if I'm mm. saying it right. So shout out mm. to him too. Mm. Um, but okay, <laughs> let's get, since we're kind of talking about the craziness of humanity and seeing things from every side, we're going to quickly talk about the war with Hamas and Palestine, Israel. Jess and I talked about it a little bit before and just decided we won't spend too much time on it because it's just a very sensitive deep subject and i think there are a lot of super super educated people with that know all the history behind it and i do yeah. not claim to be one Same. of those so you know for me i guess i'm going to say obviously hamas started it with horrible brutality right and then Yes, Israel has a right to defend itself. And now here we are where there are war crimes being committed, you know? And um, I feel like it's a war against Hamas, not Palestine, right? And I understand that Hamas is intertwined in Gaza. Yeah, but yeah, yet the Palestinian the people has, are the ones. Yeah, the approach has become at this point um, in my opinion, in inhumane. I'm Jewish. I love Israel. I, you know, but at the same time, when you see children being starved and just any human, it's like, okay, at some point, it's like when you have a fight and you have a ref, you know, like the UN is supposed to be the ref. And I think yeah. it's just gone far enough. This is not me being anti-Jewish, anti-Israel, you know, and I understand who started the attack. It's horrific. Something had to be done, but at this point it, it doesn't feel, it just feels like war crimes are being committed. And, um, I'm even scared talking about it. I'm scared saying it, but yeah. I see the videos and it it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, and what happened and Israel's heartbreaking and you know what I mean? And I'm not yeah. saying nothing should have been done, like obviously, but yeah. now at some point, you know, if it, if it gets to the point where innocent civilians um, are being hurt in the capacity they are, I just think, I don't know. Would yeah. you like to say something? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, uh, yeah, it's, 
It's so layered and there's like a, such a longer history before October 7th, right? Like there's so right. many things at play there. Um, and I've been trying to read and absorb as much as I can. Like, um, I mean, yeah, we, we can't gloss over what happened on October 7th. That was horrific. And, horrific. you know, I mean, I think hate crimes against any population of people are just, you know, it's just, it's, it's just absolutely awful and should be condemned. And, um, and I hate that now calling for a ceasefire can be interpreted as being anti-Jewish or, you know, or anti-Israel or whatever it is when it's like at a certain point, like the fighting just has to stop. Like there needs to be a solution. And I found, um, following, uh, standing together to be, I don't know if you follow that account yet. Um, but it's a couple, a Jewish man and a Palestinian woman who are, I think, I think they're in an actual relationship together. Um, and they live in Israel and like, they speak out a lot on like, just more of a solutions-based approach to right, right, living right. in peace together. Um, the English account, it's standing.together.english. Um, and yeah, I'm, I've been trying to like, just really, you know, support them and find hope in like, that there can be a solution, but it's just- Yeah, there has to be, you know, because now it's just gonna keep getting uglier until I don't know what. You know, like, I don't know the exact answer either, you know, and I want to say that because there are so many perspectives, there's so much history, so, so much politics in there that if someone even said to me, you're wrong, and this is why I would listen, you know, I'm not, <laughs> but just witnessing at this point, what's happening to people in Palestine that I believe have nothing to do with what happened October 7th. I think some people might have a whole other argument of Hamas wouldn't have gotten to where it was if dot, 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 maybe. But I think a lot of communities live in terror of terrorist groups. And just like with Millie Vanilli, like it's hard when there's this crazy overpowering force to be able to overcome it. So I do want Hamas to obviously end. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know the answer, but I also can't just watch what's going on in Gaza and feel like that's okay. You mm -hmm. know? So just wanted to bring it up because I felt like, you know, I don't know, especially if you have a podcast that that's supposed to have some kind of depth to it. Sometimes <laughs> At yeah. least. you can't just ignore something like that. And I wanted to say my thoughts, even though they're gray and cloudy, a lot of the time <laughs> don't know the answers to this crazy world. I just know that there's there are a lot of people in a ton of pain in every country. And I just don't think we've collectively really figured out how to survive with one another and our differences and our beautiful uniquenesses and our limitations. And I think a lot of people are just trying to survive their day everywhere and have become apathetic because of that and dissociated. And I would just love to see a world where we're feeling and we're coming up, like you said, with yeah. solutions. You know, yeah. it's easy to just keep going to war, but you got to find the humanity mm -hmm. in every situation. And I feel like when I look in on that situation while being proud to be Jewish and obviously pro-Israel, I'm also seeing all of the humans there and I can't just be like, yeah, fuck Gaza or something like new. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think we have to use our, you know, in whatever capacity we can to use our voices to, to do what we can, like we're living in the United States and the United States government funds the Israeli army <laughs> and like things that I, I never knew until recently that like, you know, Israel has universal health care and they they're funded by like, like we're giving them money and like, 
we don't have that we're you know what i mean like the people in the united states are suffering like we can call our representatives and voice our opinions on like where our tax dollars are going and you know demand a ceasefire or whatever whatever it is like i think it's it's also easy to feel very powerless and we are in many ways like sometimes it's just so overwhelming the magnitude of what's going on but every voice you know can count for something yeah i think i've gotten definitely a bit scared to voice as much as i used to i went through an extreme where i was voicing every thought and i guess it was naive of me, right? Because my thoughts change, my perspectives change. And, you know, I I sometimes regret speaking out on certain things from the past or expressing myself in a certain way. But I think with this situation and any situation where just humanity is hurting so deeply, I I think we need to find the solution, you know, not just with that war, but I look around myself, I live in Philadelphia. You know, there's a lot of pain, a lot of brokenness here that isn't addressed. And I just, I don't know. I would love to see solutions going on. I'm part of it, you know, but totally. definitely being kind. You know, I'm not always, always kind, but I think I'm searching in myself how to have more compassion for myself and others, even when I'm triggered. Because I think that is the solution is like, finding the compassion and all of this, you know? So, um, okay. We'll go to the next topic. This was from a while ago as well. Like I said, it's been a minute. So I'm sure, I hope you've seen that the Mexican government released photos of deceased aliens in their custody. Oh yeah. So okay. And this one, once again, it's been out for a bit, but you know me, I'm, I'm into aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know <laughs> some people like some spiritual religious people on TikTok think they're like demons. They think aliens are demons. I don't feel that way. I'm not saying there aren't aliens out there that could be lower frequency than others, but I I'm more gravitating towards the aliens. I believe are enlightened aliens and have a different perspective than most humans on this planet. And I just really. I think we need their assistance. I've been saying this for a while, cleaning up our oceans, maybe putting a stop on some nukes. You know, <laughs> that's what a lot of the, the pilots who worked for the government army, or I guess pilots aren't in the army, but you know, <laughs> Air Force. Um, a lot of the times that they experienced a UFO was around nuclear weapons. So coincidence, I think not but yeah you know, I wasn't surprised that there's more evidence of aliens yeah. UFOs all of it totally I'm uh you know I never got too deep into researching this myself but my uh my partner Anthony is very into all this and I hope he doesn't mind me saying <laughs> that he is on podcast but I've learned a lot through videos he showed me and like yeah, like the thing about the nuclear plants and like all this stuff, it's 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 pretty fascinating. I mean, I don't know. I don't even, I, it's like, was that little alien statue that they found in Mexico? Like, is that real? Is that really, like, how do we know? Like, I what? think they did confirm it was real. I mean, who whoever really knows, you know, like it's so easy to put out mistruths, but- I think they proved that one to be real. And for me, like I said, I just feel like it's a whole new world in a sense of reality is way more complex than most realize or want to see. I feel that there are all different types of beings on this earth, even under the water. We already know that under the water, we've got aliens, right? So just creatures we don't fully understand or maybe are aware of. So who knows really what's in our earth, whether it's the water, forests, caves, you know, I just hope for a world where beings can exist and coexist, whether they're human, not human, right? Because we got humans who can't even figure it out, obviously. So I just, 
I look forward to a world where we're aware of these unique beings and our own unique selves and oddities and realizing that we're not exactly what we thought we were, maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. we've got unlocked DNA ready to be activated, et cetera. So I'm just ready for anything, as you know, Jess. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm almost ready for an apocalypse. I don't want it to be a scary apocalypse. You know, I just am ready for a new world where pain isn't just so immense because I, I feel it. My heart breaks for what's going on in lots of different places. I have a certain friend who's really struggling right now physically. And, you know, I just, I would like to see a shift in this world in, in various ways. And if fairies and mermaids are a part of it, so be it. bring it on I mean yeah yes to a shift and (laughs) maybe you know maybe it would unite humanity if the aliens visited us more because not that we want to get into a war with the aliens but like yeah no wars (laughs) we don't want any wars with aliens no we don't we're ready for a different way. I think like we're in this evolutionary place. I know we always are, we're life. Life is ever evolving. But I do feel like the world's being pressed in a certain way with climate change and wars and just humanity having to figure it out. You know, Mm -hmm. like there are many of us who are enlightened and see various perspectives. And I feel like we're just at a time where we kind of, have to take over in a sense, even if it's just expressing our non-dual feelings in a sense where you hold paradoxes and you see various sides and ultimately you find compassion as best you can, I think. Yeah. Which is, yeah, not easy. Okay, we'll end on a listener email, which I don't get as often as I used to. When when the podcast first started, we had a lot of people writing in and then some of them got really weird. (laughs) And now when I think back, I'm like, I wonder if it was people fucking with me. Like it wasn't even a real situation, you know, but like, I think I started getting stressed on feeling like I'm supposed to have answers to these things. And the truth is, and this is coming from a healer, whether people see that in me or not, but I don't have all the answers at all. I don't think that's what life's about. I think the answer comes from learning how to ride the waves of this life. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to ride the waves and once again, find compassion as best I can. (laughs) Okay, ready? Love it. Yeah, I'm ready. Bring it on. Dear Kate and Jess. Wait, I'm included in the email? Who's adding me in now? A coworker is being pretty cold and mean to me. What should I do? Why don't they like me? Happy holidays. Jess, do you want to take it first? (laughs) Well, I mean, the first thing I want to say is like, it's easier said than done, but don't take it personal. Like maybe they have other things going on or maybe like, yeah, I, I I wish that this listener was calling in so we could ask more questions because it's like <laughs> there's probably uh yeah there's probably a lot of layers there. Um, but what do you think, Kate? I'll, I'll say more. I, I need think, to let it marinate. I mean, I think you you said it great at least to get started, like not taking it personally because people whether they're going through their own struggle or they just have a nasty personality and that's. And that's it, you know, I just think trying to avoid them, give it space. Now, sometimes a situation comes to a head and you can't avoid it. And then you got to speak up for yourself as best you can. Um, But I think at this point in my life, I've become a little more cowardly and avoidant in a lot of situations, Mm -hmm. just because I think I went to one extreme and then I had to go to another but I feel like at some point, if someone's being totally mean and it's like becoming an issue of bullying, you will have to say something. Just even if it's like, yo, why don't, why are you being mean? Yeah. And sometimes people don't even know they're being mean. 
they've been raised in a certain way. That's how they go about it. I remember this was a story I shared on the podcast a long time ago, years ago. I was literally like pulling into a parking spot. I think it was like to vacuum my car and a woman cut me off so meanly, like so, like it was so obvious I was pulling in and she just didn't give a fuck and wanted to like basically say, fuck you. And I was so pissed. Like she got out of the car and I was like, you saw me pulling in there. And she ended up aggressively sharing that she was battling cancer. I don't know how that got shared. <laughs> like it was a really weird exchange, but she ended up sharing that with me. And I ended up like angrily being like, rise like a phoenix. And she's like, I will. It was like <laughs> the positive, angry, weird exchange. But um, ultimately she was in pain and mad at the world and took that spot and I got over it. Um, and I just think like, yes, yeah. if you can't avoid confrontation, have it. But as as much compassion as you can hold, I think is best. But then if at the end of the day, someone's beating up on you verbally, emotionally, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. There's probably an HR, if it gets to that extreme, be yeah. it cocktail. But um, totally. anything I, else? I think, well, yeah, a couple of things now, like, well, if, if the person's being cold to you and you're not sure why, or like you think they are, but is that really, is it personal to me? You could always take the approach of like shooting them an email that's just like, hey, disregard this if you want, but I'm just making sure that I didn't do anything to like trigger you. We used to be able to talk a lot more. If you feel like sharing, let me know. Like a, just a very like light approach that's non-confrontational, but that also like Open. lets you speak up in a way, you know, um, could maybe find peace of mind, but it could also be anxiety provoking to know if they got it or not. So like take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I love the, um, I love your driving story, Kate. And I, it's like something along those lines of trying not to take it personally. It's something I've been practicing while driving since moving to New Jersey. I've been driving a lot more. Um, believe it or not, I'm someone who like can get road rage. Like I'll never like yell at a person to their face or like put my middle finger out the window or anything like that. But I will like scream at people and <laughs> curse and get very aggravated when people do dumb stuff on the road. And I've been trying to just like, if someone cuts me off, if they're speeding, whatever, whatever it is, I just try to be like, maybe their partner is in labor in the car with them and they're rushing to a hospital. Maybe they're in a rush because something happened to, maybe they're injured, maybe their kid is, I don't know, right? I just, I try to like make up a story <laughs> of some crisis they're going through that like excuses that behavior. And then I just let them drive off and I pray and I'm just like, okay, I hope everything works out with them. Oh, that's, that's I'm okay. I don't have road rage like I used to, thank God, because sometimes I would actually like have words back and forth. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that's not mm -hmm. smart. It's not the way to be. Um, and then I used to, you know, curse in the car. And now I really, I, it's interesting. Like I'll just call on some hieroglyphs, some symbols. <laughs> Like I just call on my piece and I just am like, okay, that person doesn't care that they're putting everyone in danger on the road for some reason. I don't know if it's an emergency, they weren't raised right. They just think it's okay to be an asshole. I don't know, but I've learned somehow to just not, like, I don't get as infused, you know what I mean? Like I'll yeah. still sometimes speak in tongues and go, you know what I mean? Do my little crazy, my crazy self. But um, I used to just have way more of a reaction. And now I don't know. So I'm, I'm just, I think I'm also just used to people being maniacs. Like, I think I've really <laughs> come to terms with that. I'm not saying I'm not a maniac. I've come to terms with, with that within me. I'm just saying, you know, I just kind of witness and I'm like, yeah, this makes sense what I'm seeing on the roads because I'm seeing it in other areas of life, just maniac stuff. But um, yeah, I just kind of go, what a maniac and just don't really, mm. you know, I think sometimes they might look and see me 
speaking in tongues and they were like, let me get away from this car. <laughs> I think I don't get many, like, you know what I mean? Cause I don't like, I just kind of go into my own magic and just like, just mm. put a shield around me or something. Cause <laughs> I don't think it's okay. How some people are driving like on certain highways, like the people who drive like, and they just want to cut people off and like, for what, like, why are you risking your life and so many lives for what? And like, I'm not saying I've never been in that place. I think a lot younger, I did speed, um, not the drug. Like I would, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think I've just slowed down and like with my not being able to walk at the moment, cause my foot being injured, I feel like the universe yeah. kind of took me out and said, slow the fuck down. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just the vibe. I it's turtle energy. Yeah. Uh, total turtle energy, just like slowing down and trying to Yeah. How can you be a healer if and, you don't know how to heal yourself yet? So I've been dealing with that. Yeah. Like, and how can you be a turtle in a world of rabbits? Or whatever that is. Amen. <laughs> you know, and like everyone's like bouncing around and running past you. And then like you're in the turtle shell, right? Like I forget that fable, like the turtle, turtle. and the hair or whatever. But like, yes, yes. You know, it's it's tough. It's tough. And it, it like, so I don't know how it is in Pennsylvania. It sounds like you got some crazy drivers there too, but like, I don't remember if you remember when you came to Bayonne and like, when now that like I moved back to like Hudson County, which is like where my parents grew up in West New York. Like I lived for like the first chunk of my years before we moved. Um, but like returning to Hudson County and driving in it is freaking insane people don't give a fuck like red light don't matter they're going through it uh like like it is like it's insane like it's almost hilarious <laughs> like you'd make a left turn on a street without a light and you're like taking your life into your hands every time like it's it's insane um there's even an instagram account called hut i think it's called hud post and basically they're just, they just post like cars are flipping constantly. Anthony introduced me to this too. Um, like there's accidents with cars flipping over like every week, probably multiple times a week. It's insane. It's like, it's very, so just, if you ever drive here, just be very cautious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Driving can be treacherous when people are careless with their lives and yours. And it's, I love what you said. It's probably going to be the name of the podcast being a turtle in a rabbit world, you know, <laughs> because I think that's, that's it. You know, people are just racing and maybe it's because they've literally jam packed their day and there aren't enough minutes, or maybe they're just avoiding inner pain and they're just always rushing to not have to sit. That's why I feel like the universe put me in a bit of a headlock again like you are gonna have to sit with some of your feelings and just recover but I feel like in a world of rabbits um you feel really wrong when you embrace the turtle you know yes. so but I but I think you're right and I'm yeah I'm scared yeah. I can barely drive anywhere right now it's such a it's such an interesting place to be but I think I burned the candle at both ends for so long. And then I got to a certain place where my Lyme disease stepped in for a reason. Like I don't always talk about it to the doctors, my spiritual reasons for why I think my Lyme's flaring up. Most don't really care, but I think, I think I had to be slowed down again, but I'm not liking it. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of us need, need a slowing down we need to breathe yeah, yeah, and just take a second to even feel what we're feeling. And sometimes I know it's a paradox. Sometimes I'm feeling such opposites at the same time. Like I can feel so hopeful and so defeated all at once. And I am trying to just allow for all of it and trying to express as best I can to the, to the ones around me who care, you know, cause I think the more we can just share where we're at and you know, find yeah. middle ground, the more beauty can hopefully exist here on earth. I know there is a lot of beauty here, but I think we have to fight for it at this point. 
yeah. in our collective. From what I'm seeing, we're going to have to fight for the beauty because there's just too much pain and too many maniacs out on these streets driving around. <laughs> yeah, which is like to kind of bring it all full circle too. I think um, one of the reasons why we make art and why we, you know, do events, comedy shows, dance shows, whatever it might be. Like I had this moment and I know we have to probably close up, but just this last thought, I had this moment um, last weekend, I was part of like, a small dance performance in Brooklyn. And the day of, I was like, why did I agree to do this? I'm exhausted. Does it really matter? Like I knew it was going to be a small show. There, It was a fundraiser. I wanted to contribute. I was excited. Like that was the first time on stage in like a very long time, like a year or more. You know, I did it because I said I was going to do it and I got there and it was such a beautiful experience. And it really reminded me of like, you know, it's not just frivolous to want to make art and to keep those things going, even when there, you know, are tragedies happening. Like, for example, one of the performers in the show fled Russia. He was a famous actor and dancer in Russia and left about a year ago because of the war. Um, and it was his first time performing since he left and I got to see him do this like beautiful tap dance number <laughs> and like and after the show he came up to me in his broken English and was like you know he was like your piece really spoke to me I didn't understand because there were like actors there were other people doing like talking things and other dancers and he was just like I really got your piece and it really touched me and thank you and I was like oh my god thank you <laughs> like are you kidding me you know it was like and it was this moment where I was like Oh, wow, you know, and, and like little things like that happened with other people who were part of the show. And it was just this kind of like moment of like, all right, we, we gotta for whatever weird, mysterious reason, we gotta keep creating and sharing and maybe, maybe art is part of the way that we will help to shift the paradigm. I don't know. I agree. It's such an expressive outlet. I love that story. You know, and I think the same goes for podcasting. You know, I was like, I need to get out a podcast. And, you know, even with the crazy stuff I've been going through and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do one without CG because he's working crazy hours. And who better to ask than you? Because I don't know, I feel like you're a sensitive soul with all of this stuff. And I knew I wanted to tackle <laughs> the Hamas stuff. And that's just, you know, and I just felt like, yeah, you've got that dancer, creative healer energy to you. And I felt like as I kind of crawl out of my little hermit cave thing, yeah, I felt like, yeah, this would be, this would be good energy. I think the next one scheduled is going to be pure comedy in the sense of like, no one's going to want to talk about some of the, the deeper things, which is fine. Cause then I kind of get to take a break. And like I said, it scares me now, you know, the, the point in my life where I'm talking about where I was like, no holds bar, if that's <laughs> the right phrase, you know, yeah. like I'm going to say anything and people are going to understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Like I could see other perspectives taking certain things and now I'm just a lot more careful scared sensitive of what I say and I'm terrified even of what I said about the war today but I just felt like I don't know I had to fucking say something right sometimes you gotta say it and I think there's a way to say things and also be humble in the sense of like I'm not an expert but I'm starting this conversation based on what I know and Right. Like, I think if we can be open to each other's, you know, thoughts and feedback and all that, it can bring us closer together. And yeah. And I love the Jews. I need to say that, you know, because my mom might listen and sh she might be. <laughs> but it's like, it's not it's not an anti-Jewish thing at all. And I want peace for Israel. You know, I just want peace, though, mm -hmm. as well. So. I think that needs to be a big picture. Um, yeah. I also want to shout out my mom, Jane, because she drove me into Philly the other day to return my laptop because I couldn't do it. 
you know, like, and I, I knew even if somehow I could and I'd find street parking and I'm like on crutches and all that stuff. So I want to shout that out. Cause yeah, I, it really meant a lot. Cause that is not an easy drive as you know, going into any inner city Manhattan. Woo! Cause when you get out of when you get out of Manhattan, then you end have to re-enter, then you really feel the energies of when <laughs> Talk you about road rage. Right. <laughs> Talk about being the, the turtle in the world of rabbits. Exactly. Yeah. I know though, like Energizer bunnies. When you enter Manhattan, it really is such a funny world. Like you walk out and you'll see like the hottest models, and then you'll see like people who don't have a home at all. Like all in the one street, and you're like, this is such an odd. Manhattan world, you know, because in cities, you don't usually have just like 10 models <laughs> right past you as well as like people who are in there, yeah. you know, need, like they have basic primal needs not being met. It's talk about paradox. Yeah. Manhattan is it. Wow. Um, all right. Well, Jess, anything you want to promote? Oh, Your Instagram, wow. even though you're kind of boy you know yeah even though I'm kind of boycotting Instagram sure you can follow me there um I made some updates on my website I have um it's not fully published yet but you can sign up on the wait list I'm gonna do like an, a free series in the new year around um I think I called it turn your weird wonderful rusty dance moves into a side gig no social media required um just little tips and tricks for like if you're someone who dances or does something creative to like be able to turn it into a side business um or just do more of it in your life so i'm excited about that i'm like working on creating that right now behind nice. the scenes but um other than that no it's, it's been a turtle <laughs> turtle phase mostly turtle phase. How about I'm, you? I'm peeking out of my turtle shell on New Year's Eve. I'll be at Atlantic City Comedy Club. My husband's yeah. driving me. Um, and then January 19th, I'll be co-headlining Atlantic City Comedy Club with Tata Charisse. She mm -hmm. is hilarious. And yeah, so I'll be at Atlantic City Comedy Club those two times. And hopefully making TikToks when I feel the creative urge. I do want to. I'm just like, oh. um, weird times. But Jess, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for listening.